0: doesn't matter your age, I want you to think back to your first day of school. Doesn't even matter what grade you were in, but think back to the first day. Whether you're two-year-old starting kitty college or a daycare somewhere, or you're a college student and somewhere in between, there's just something about that first day of school. It's those nerves, it's those jitters, it's those all that inside where it's something new and you're going to meet new teachers and you're going to see your friends again, yes, but there's just something about it that just kind of, it's just kind of that pit in the stomach, right? And then after, as the day goes on, you just relax and things get okay. But it really doesn't matter how old you are and what age that is, that comes and I know this morning what we want to do as a church what we want to do as people of God is we want our kids and we want our teachers to know that our prayers are with you because as we have just worshiped and as we have just sung the song we stand on holy ground And we've been called by God to be a holy people and to live a holy life. And let's face it, sometimes when we are entering back into this world of a different culture and school and all of that, those challenges come, those pressures come, those temptations come. They're all around us, doesn't matter the age, right? But we want you to know that God loves you, and he is with you. And there is power to realize that when people are praying, as we've been reminded in this beautiful song just now, there are angels standing around you. I love that thought. I love that feeling to know that angels are all around us. Isn't that a comforting feeling to know that right now? Parents, isn't it comforting to know that when your child is at school even though you still may be a little nervous that's common, that's typical, yes but be reassured that you have people of faith and people of God that are praying and when that happens angels are standing among us. Angels are standing around us. And so I'm gonna lead us in a prayer right now and I specifically am going to pray for our teachers and our young people and many of you in this church are already doing this I am so grateful for the great community project that we have going on of partnering with our young people right now in prayer every one of our young people And a lot of our teachers and classrooms are being prayed for because somebody in this community said, I'll be a prayer warrior. That speaks volumes. And just to know that somewhere in this city, somewhere, somebody is praying for your child. Teachers, somebody, somewhere in this community, they are praying for you and your classroom Not just today, but every day during the school year. There's power in prayer. Amen? Amen. There's power in prayer when the people of God come together and say in a voice, in a unified voice, I will be a prayer warrior for somebody else. We're going to have an opportunity in the coming weeks, if you've not already had an opportunity to be one of those prayer warriors for one of our young people in our schools, you'll have an opportunity to sign up and get involved in that. And I encourage you to do that. But we have a lot of teachers in this church. And for that I'm thankful. Because that means, that's just another opportunity for a Christian influence and a Christian example to be shining at one of our campuses in this city. I love that. And I love knowing the fact that people are surrounding our kids in prayer. So I'm going to ask you this morning to join hands with those next to you. And we're going to have a prayer right now for our teachers and our young people. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you for this time where we can talk to you, where we can communicate with you, and where we can lay our burdens and our concerns with you. Father, in your holy word, you invite us to come to you, You invite us to bring all of our cares and all of our worries and all of our concerns and lay them at your feet. And we do that and we trust by faith that you know best and that your will will be done in our lives. And Father, this morning I bring before you all those in this church family that are teachers, and that serve as administrators in our schools. And Father, I pray that you will work through them. I pray that you will remind them when the going gets tough and when it gets hard and when they get tired, help them remember who they are, whose they are, and why they do what they do. And Father, in those times of weakness, I pray that you give these teachers and administrators strength and integrity to continue on. And I pray that their example and their influence can be spread, Father, in ways that we cannot even begin to see and understand. Bless them. And Father, bless our children From the youngest to the oldest. And as they walk into the halls of their schools tomorrow, I pray that when their friends see them, they can know by the life that they live that they belong to you. And so, Father, I pray that you be with them as another school year begins, that you help them with choices, with decisions, with the friends that they make with the things that they say and do and become involved in, I pray that all of that, Father, can be done in a way that you're pleased with and in a way where they are striving to stay as close to you and your heart as possible. Bless them. And for the parents, Father, and the grandparents, bless them. Thank you for the light and the example that they are to their children and grandchildren. Continue to use us, Father, in your ways. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the life that he lived and the example that he set. And may we walk in his path daily. Bless us all, Father as we strive to be your people and to do your will. and It's to Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As you search through Scripture, several things and several words and several analogies come to mind that God describes his people with. We find as Christians that we've been compared to many things. We've been compared to a branch. John 15, verse 5 Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. We've been compared to salt. Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Then in that same thought, he talks about us being lights, and he says, you are the light of the world. Then he talks about us being sheep. And I like the passage here in John chapter 10 where he says, My sheep listen to his voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That means every day as we take up that cross and as sheep, we're following after that shepherd and we're listening to the voice that matters the most. There are a lot of voices that speak today There are a lot of voices that speak to try to get our attention, to try to get our devotion, to try to get our commitment off of God and on to whatever it may be. But the only voice that really matters is the voice of the one who breathed life into us. And then who later says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And then over in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says, we're like an epistle. That's a letter. You and I are letters written with the spirit of the living God. And here's how he says it beginning in the third chapter of the second letter to the Corinthians. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need like someone... Some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you. You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human heart. Such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit, the Spirit that He left us, the Spirit that resides in your heart, it's a Spirit that gives life. Paul says your life is a letter. Now we know, just like as we read the letters of the Bible, and as you open up letters that come in your mail, we know that letters carry messages. Letters are a way of encouraging us. You have uh, friendly letters. You have thank you letters. You have letters of congratulations, you have letters of sympathy, there are love letters, I mean there's all sorts of letters. In scripture we have letters where a writer like Paul is addressing a group of people, he's addressing the church in this instance, he's addressing the church at Corinth And in that letter, there are things that we need to look at, there are things that we need to consider on how we live our lives as we're striving to be the people of God. One thing about the United States Post Office, and those of you who have worked there before or are currently working there, we need to be thankful for those who deliver our mail. And we look at that and we're like, man, that's just an easy thing that they do. But do you realize whether it's raining, snowing, ice, storm, floods, blizzards, dogs? Chris Brown can tell you about that. No matter what, the mail will be delivered to your house. Now, it may not be delivered at the same time every day, but it's going to get there. Unless it's Christmas and Thanksgiving? Christmas is the only day. That's right. Okay? It's going to get there. And there are those days where we can't wait to check the mail because we're expecting something. Okay? Well, when you look at a letter like this, in our text, and as you go through the church of Corinth, one of the things that you find, there were certain attitudes in this church that were hindering the delivery of the message of God. There were attitudes of selfishness. There were attitudes of non-commitment. There were attitudes of pride. There was attitudes of, I don't like the way that he spoke to me. There was attitudes of, I don't want to follow this person, so I'm going to come over here and follow this one instead. I mean, you had all these different attitudes, and what's at the core of that is, they just wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to be their own people. And they were struggling with following that of what God wanted them to be. So easy to get wrapped up in that. And so through a letter like this, Paul comes along and he's begging the people and he's reminding the church once again that even though you've had all these struggles in 1 Corinthians chapter 1... Even though you've had all these sins and all these things as a part of your life, you are still the people of God. You are still the church. You are still sanctified, which means to be set apart. You're still God's chosen one. You've been given grace. You've been given the gifts to be his people. I mean, he reminds them of all of that. And as we read at the beginning of our service this morning... Beyond all of that, what we're reminded of is God is faithful. He's powerful. And so as we send our kids and as your teachers enter back into another school year, remember, people make a lot of choices, people make a lot of decisions, people make a lot of commitments, but always remember this, the God that you serve is always with you. The God that you serve is always there beside you. He's always there in front of you. He's always there behind you. He's all around you, and his spirit that lives right here in our heart is one that gives you life in such a way that that's why the reminder comes we're holy people because we serve a holy God. And because we're holy people, there are ways that we act and there are things that we do and there are things that go along with that that carry a lot of weight. And so Paul makes an interesting statement that helps us understand that one of the reasons that God puts such a big emphasis on holiness is the fact that your life is a letter for those of you that were here yesterday we celebrated the life of a beautiful person in Miss Casey there were people here that had an impact an impression from this lady because for 28 years she walked into a classroom that was her home away from home and as she entered into that classroom and had an opportunity to teach over a thousand students during that time, she gave her life away to those kids. She had a big heart. And she gave that heart away to others. And you know what was behind all of that and what's at the core of all of that? She had a love for Jesus Christ, didn't she? And it showed. And I thought about this passage this week. And I thought about Miss Casey. Her life was a letter. Your life is like a letter being read by a lot of people. And if you look at it here, it's personalized. It's an epistle. It's a letter a letter's addressed to somebody a letter's also as we see here it's permanent it's not written with pen or pencil it's written on stone right here on the tablets of our hearts well that right there speaks volumes doesn't it but that's that's what's different about our lives living for god That's the way that he's wired us. That's the way that he wants us to be. And so it's personalized and it's permanent, but it's also public. Paul says this is known, this letter is going to be known and read by a lot of people. Everybody. It's public. It's going public. Think about that this morning for your own life. Think about it for your own walk. Two things about a letter it's written to convey a message. And we need to be reminded that God has designed every believer to be a deliverer of good news. Not everybody can be a mailman, not everybody can work in the postal service. God has enlisted everybody as a believer in Jesus to be a deliverer of his good news. It's not an option. We are to be a deliverer. And so we're designed to convey, as Paul will later say in the Corinthian letter, he wants us to convey to people the mind of Christ. Have the mind of Christ. Telling them that there is a reality in serving a living God. So, not only does a letter convey a message, but a letter also is written to be read. Our life and our conversations ought to be an epistle for one reason to make known the praises of a loving God. Are you doing that in your life? Are you conveying to this world? Are you conveying to your family? Are you conveying to one another the praises of a loving God? That's what he wants us to do. And as we do that, knowing that people are there with us knowing that there are other people on the journey that have struggles that have praises that have ups and downs and all everything we're in it together and that's why there ought to be a little strength and a little comfort today knowing that tomorrow when you take your kid to school somebody somewhere is lifting your child up in prayer. Somebody may just be lifting you up in prayer. No matter how old you are or how young you are, we need that, don't we? Let's be reminded, our life is a letter. May we go out, and through that letter, may we convey the greatest news that's ever been delivered. We have a loving God that sent his son Jesus to die for you so you could live. May we praise God through our lives every day. Let's stand as we sing this morning.